It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. If you're a pro, you know that this is not efficient because you know there's a better way. There's also a better way to save. When pro customers buy building supplies in bulk at Lowe's, they save up to 20% every day. Buy in bulk and save up to 20% on concrete, gypsum, and gypsum accessories. At Lowe's, buy more, save more. Visit the Pro Desk or Lowe'sforpros.com for details. Discount applies to contractor pack items. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And this is our second Locked On Packers post-game podcast. The first one recorded in the wee hours of last night, saw Sunday night slash Monday morning, was me ranting and raving about how Ted Thompson has left this team high and dry with his lack of moves in the secondary. For this one, my Pack Report colleague and regular post-game guest, Keith Rodink, will join me. But first, thank you once again for listening. I, I truly appreciate it. Trust me on this. I would not do it without you. I have no need to listen to myself talk about the Packers for 30 minutes every day. So thank you for making all of this possible. I, I greatly appreciate it. And if this is going to be your last podcast before the holidays, have a happy Thanksgiving. And just a reminder before we get rolling to check out the rest of the Lockdown Network, which includes Lockdown NFL and Lockdown Fantasy, and to check out my work over at PackerReport.com, home of the world's best preview, and my gruesome history-filled post-game numbers piece. And Packer Report members receive 10% discounts on tickets, 10% discounts on gear for that Packers fan who still wants Packer stuff for Christmas. Sign up for Packer Report, then go to Fanatics, and you can use your 10% discount and save a lot of money on your Christmas shopping. All right, on to the show, and I welcome in my usual weekly guest, Keith Rodink. All right, Keith, I've, I've looked long and hard for a positive from this game, and I found one. The Packers do not play, they, they don't play on Thanksgiving, which means we can have a nice, enjoyable dinner. That's true. It's the best no, I got. No indigestion after a big meal. They'll run into the bathroom. That's fantastic. Yeah. Way to go, Bill. Glass half full over here. Hashtag glass half full. You know, you can always pour it into a smaller glass if it's not full, right? And and eventually, by by season's end, we'll be be down to a thimble. That's right. It is the uh, Aaron Rodgers um, shot glass of scotch half full. But I'm sure his is probably more than half full. I I mean, it should be. His his cup overfloweth. Have you ever seen, seriously, you know, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, the, the 2011 pass defense will end up being worse in terms of yards, but have you ever seen such a bad pass defense in all of your life? No. 
No, I, I certainly not from the Packers. And I thought that watching it last night, I'm like, when have I ever seen another team that could just throw deep at will? At will. And it wasn't even a touchdown spell. I mean, you know, Jordan Reed was open underneath. You know, they, they dropped back in that, that zone of that quarter's coverage. And, I mean, they if the plan was to cover a part of the field where an opposing receiver was not, they, you know, well done. But even before the, the barrage, catching stuff without anyone within five yards of them. I understand if you don't want to man up, if you don't want to press coverage, if you think you're going to get beat deep down the field, but then the idea is to be close and to drop the receiver when he makes the catch. But, oh, my God, it was just... You're right, it was awful. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but in 2011, while they bled yards through the air, they also got a ton of turnovers. And right. that, was, that was really the big difference, was they gave up the big play, but they got a ton of interceptions as well. Yeah, these guys, it is. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. You're right. I think that team picked off like 30 passes. It was some unbelievable number, which... In, in, in a lot of the pass defense, I mean, the pass defense wasn't good. It's not, a, it's not a spin on it, but a lot of the pass defensive yards that year was because the Packers were scoring a million points. The teams threw the ball. and But these guys, boy, you're right. They, they can't, it is, it's like, a, it's like the tortoise and the hare in, in, in the secondary, all except the, the hare doesn't take a nap. They're, they're not, I mean, Ladarius Gunter isn't fast enough, and Yo, uh, Micah Hyde's not fast and, enough, and Quentin and, Rollins, they're just not fast Hyde, enough. Neither is Rollins. And nope. None of them look particularly instinctive. And it's, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to send uh, send everybody back out on the ledge, but I, I feel like we can save our listeners in, in Packer Nation a lot of like hand wringing and, and and you know rubbing up the forehead over you know what's going to happen with the team and is McCarthy on the hot seat you know, and what about Thompson and. I mean, this is a team that's just, there's, there's too many injuries, and they're not going to win more than two or three more games, and they're not going to the playoffs, and they're not very good, and I don't know if anybody needs to get fired or if anybody's on the hot seat because of the injuries, but this isn't like 2010 with the injuries, and it's not like last year with the injuries. Every, every year is different, and every, you know, every combination of injuries has a, a different outcome, and right now, the combination of your top two corners being out and not having much of a running game is killing this team, and, and nothing's changing. And nobody, people should stop stressing out about it, and they should really just, as, as the weather dips, they should warm up to the idea that this team, it's not happening this year. There's too many injuries, and the secondary is, is awful. I mean, we, we all overestimated the equality depth. Rollins and Hyde and Gunther are not capable of covering teams' top receivers. They're just not. We we saw it three weeks ago. We saw it two weeks ago, and, and we absolutely saw it in spades last night. When you talk about overvaluing, you said we all did. Ted Thompson is chief among that group. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you you have to know that Sam Shields isn't going to make it through a year, and you better have some quality depth and. And he could have thought they were fine because the, the only guy he spent any money on in the offseason was was uh, undrafted rookie Josh Hawkins. I mean, that's the only guy he, he gave any a single dollar to in the offseason. And so to me, this 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 is all on him. And I you know it's I realize corners there's not enough good corners to go around under the best of circumstances, but to just continue setting these same guys out there and expecting a different result that's just 
boggles the mind. It, it is it is the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and, and expecting a different outcome. But I mean, they, they're to a point where they simply don't have anyone. So nope. how can we expect a different outcome the rest of the season when these are the same guys that you have to trot out there, and you know they will look better from one week to the next based on the receivers they're matching up against. But I mean, it's it's not like Washington's receiving core and. Is a, a murderer's row of pass catchers, and as good as Kirk Cousins looked last night, and as good as he's looked other times too, this isn't an all-pro quarterback. I mean, Cousins is clearly having himself a good year, and, and he looked really good at times last year. But you know, this isn't a—he's a, not the two-time MVP. No, he's not. Um, good boy, he looked like a hell. You know, we, we, we talked about this back in the start of the year that. They had this gigantic gauntlet of quarterbacks, and we went we went through the list back in September, where week after week after week, it's really good quarterbacks, and I mean, and so it's it's not like you're getting the benefit. You know, when when they played the Bears, the the game that they actually won, it seems like about six years ago now, but where, where the Bears had their third string quarterback in there. But I mean, that's that's the exception. It's been, you know, they they play they they face nothing but the league's top third quarterbacks for a lot of the season, and you know, it's not, not a good time to get guys hurt. So I, I don't. I don't know where you turn for the rest of the year. I, I assume this is probably what you're going to get the rest of the year, isn't it? Well, I mean, I, th- I think so. And then, and then the flip side, lest we completely lay this all at the feet of, of Gunther, Hyde, and Rollins, who, again, look absolutely awful. And, and to hear Micah Hyde's kind of, oh, you know, we, you know, we know how good we are. You know, when we look around the soccer, you may, you may want to look again. You may... May want to dial it back a little because you know, especially as a veteran guy. I mean, he he looks as bad as any of them. But but again, it's where if you you know, how do you make the secondary look better? You get to the quarterback quicker. I mean, it's you know, that's that that symbiotic relationship. And, and they, I thought they were going to have a day where maybe they could do that. When you had you know, you had uh, Nick Perry getting in there for a sack early on in the game. You had Latroy Guyon blowing up Kelly, so they're like, okay, maybe they're going to get some penetration. Maybe they're going to collapse the pocket. They're going to come in off the edges. You know, maybe Matthews will get there now, but he's back in the lineup. We we talked through all those stats of the, you know, 34 and a half points they've given up with Matthews out of the lineup. Well, that didn't make much of a difference. And I'll tell you what, Matthews had a matchup that he should have been able to exploit on the skin's offensive line, and that wasn't happening. So, you know, Again, Peppers had a nice game. You know, it's not like they didn't get to him, but if you can't get consistent pressure and you can't cover, you're in for a long, long, long game. And, and that's that's what we saw. I mean, God, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad it was a night game and my my kids were tucked away in bed and, and didn't have to witness that. I, I would assume they would have had nightmares. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the, you know, the, on the pass rush, it is, I, I, it is a mystery where, you know, I, I wasn't totally sold on the on the defensive backfield during the year, but I, I was totally sold on their ability to go sack the quarterback. And it's, you know, I look, Washington's been good at that all year. They've only allowed fourteen sacks for what ten games now. So that's that's more than one of the strengths of their team. But where, where it's gone for the, for the extent of the season is is dumbfounding. I mean. The, the run defense has been good. I, I realize the numbers last week don't look good, but you know, on a play-to-play basis, they they've won the running plays. You know, so you're I, getting them. You're getting them in situations that you want, but but no one, nobody's making a play. Nobody. 
No. And I, I hate to, and, and Bill, I'm sure you do too, you know, last week we pulled out the DeMarco Murray 75-yard run and we're like, okay, but besides this play, they held him three yards a carry. And this week you pull out the, the Rob Kelly 66-yard run and you're like, okay, but besides that play, they held him to, you know, 2.98 yards per carry. And that sounds good, but, you know, we, we can't, we can't wipe those long runs off the scoreboard. So, you know, somehow they need to find a way to make that adjustment. You know, there were too many times where, you know, you would see Packer offensive linemen getting, getting just pushed three yards downfield on these runs. I mean, it was just, it was just this, you know, this, this big surge up the middle where guys were just getting, you know, pushed to the side. And I mean, one of the Kelly touchdowns, I mean, they, you know, they very smartly double teamed, Mike Daniels and just shoved him out of the way and they got that crease and you know but, it, but again it goes back to injuries which like I said last week is not an excuse it's a realistic explanation you've got Jake Ryan out of the lineup and you know I don't think any of us were ready to, to throw Jake Ryan as a Pro Bowl starter but he was their leading tackler he's out so then you have you know Joe Thomas and Blake Martinez and if Joe Thomas is a guy that you know, we like on the field in, in passing situations at times, although certainly they exploited that matchup last night, but then you lose, you lose Blake Martinez, and then you've got Carl Bradford in there on some plays, and it's, again, there, there's a, a saturation point where too many guys are hurt, and you're going to run into this all the time, and again, you know, people should just, people should take the phrase, next man up, and, and they should, you know, put it in a box, and fold it neatly with some wrapping paper, and put a bow on it, and you know, send it off in the mail to some <laughs> relatives that they like. Because that is, it's just, it's, I'm so sick of hearing that. It's start or start for a reason. And, and the drop-off from what we're seeing on the field to the preferred starters is huge. And it's, it's, a, it's a much wider gap than anyone anticipated. And, and to your point, Bill, certainly Ted Thompson. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. You know, I, I realize that the, all the runs count, but and, and this isn't a, a uh, glass half full comment on, on the run defense being good on a play to play basis. But it's a again, it's a, it's it's not like you're giving up. You know, yesterday give five yards to carry for the game, but it's not like it's five yards every play where it's always second and five. I mean, all right, that, yeah. that's what kills you. Is it, it is only one play that made the run defense look bad, but you won the rest of the snap. If you give up one long touchdown run. Fine, but for the for the rest of the game, you won those rundowns, so you're getting them to where you want to get them. So again, I, I don't think it's a positive spin when I say if you just get rid of one play. I think it's a negative spin where this is what you want on defense. You want it on second and eight, and you want third and five or whatever. You're getting them where you want them, then you're failing. So, I, so to me, I don't I don't think it's a, a positive spin job to say the run defense is still good. It's just. More crappy pad pass defense where you've, you you're dictating the terms it doesn't make any difference. Well, well, right, and, and we can allow I think the run defense to have one bad play a game, but 
we can't allow the pass defense to have seven or eight. Oof. Yeah, that was a. Uh... For the, this is the second time in, in franchise history where the opposing quarterback had a rating of 140 in back-to-back games. Man, yeah, I mean, there are I got a, I got a million his, historical numbers to show just how bad this defense is. There's some historical numbers where they're on the they're on the long end of history. Yes, they are. What was going on last night? And it was, I mean, I, I guess you know you you asked is there any positive we can pull out of this game? But Jared Cook, yeah, fumble aside. Um, finally look like this is why we got Jared Cook. This is what he can do. He can run that seed. He can create mismatches. I mean, I guess that's encouraging, but it's just, is it, is it too little too late? And, and I'll tell you what else, but when, when Josh Norman punched that ball out, it was hard not to think, ah, yes, Josh Norman, the guy the Redskins signed away from the Carolina Panthers. You know, they went out and signed a top-tier corner. Now, Certainly the Redskins are nobody's model of how to conduct yourself in free agency. Yeah. But, but you know, it, it, it's hard not to look at the impact he's had on that team and think, God forbid the Packers ever went out and, you know, I mean, Peppers and, you know, uh, Cook, I guess now you're seeing, but, you know, a, a handful of guys over a, over a decade doesn't, doesn't necessarily constitute uh, being active in free agency. Well, you're right about Cook, if you want to talk positives. If I'm Ted Thompson, I, I'm trying to sign him to an extension today. Oh, yeah, probably. I thought, boy, I mean, that, I think so. this is what we thought all along. And, he, you know, he comes off, hasn't, hasn't played for six weeks, and is, is right back in this way. I mean, obviously that goal line pass he wasn't ready for, so he, there's some kinks to work out there. But this is... Yeah, he looked over the wrong shoulder and then came back. And, yeah, I mean, that, that's... I, I, I think that one was on him, but, but the athletic ability showed up. For the first time all year... They can finally make a play in a passing game. Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned this in my in my preview nonsense that you know they Jordy Nelson might be back, but they, they still had a big play element since he went down in that preseason game. They're, they're on you know a season and two thirds of no big play element in the passing game, and I think that's been a big reason why Rodgers has struggled statistically for a lot of the season. But boy, Cook is just an instant upgrade. All, all of a sudden, there's a, a downfield game, and Rodgers threw. 26 passes and or completed 26 passes and one for wasn't for 200 yards. It was explosive plays and you know there like there's you know you're gonna have to outscore teams the rest of the year obviously and you know maybe maybe you've got a fighting chance with Cook because he he put on quite a show and I, I uh so I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to sign him today. Oh, I I did not agree more and and I I could not be more impressed. And again to see him come in and do that after the layoff. I mean. You know, that shows me his motivation. That shows me his pure athleticism. Again, everything you thought you were getting with him, you saw last night. And and the best part of that, and and again, it's possible we're we're too late in the year for this to to make a difference. But the more he does that, and the more he becomes a focus of opposing teams' game plans and, and defensive coordinators that need to concentrate on him, the more it starts freeing up other guys to to flip through and. I think we saw Jordy Nelson get, once again, I mean, every game we can go back and find guys that seem to be open deep that Aaron isn't seeing. But I think the more the more he can hook up with Cook, and then the more attention Cook draws, it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out one way or the other. Either he's going to have Cook on that mismatch, or teams are going to overcompensate for him, and they're going to flop coverage, 
and that's going to free guys up on the other side. And here's another reason why I sign him. You've got so many draft needs right now, right? Obviously, you need a corner or six. <laughs> uh, you, 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 need a, you need a pass rusher. You need a running back. At least if you, if you sign Cook, at least you can X off that. Because if you let him go, then now you need a tight end because Richard Rodgers has been a abysmal failure this year. So that's, that's another reason. They've got so many, so many needs that it'd be nice to have one less need. Oh, again, couldn't agree more, Bill. And, and, and you're, you're right. I mean, for a team that you know, invests so heavily into draft and develop, you can only cover so many positions when you're drafting. So you've got a guy that's doing exactly what you thought. He wanted to take that one-year deal. He wanted to prove himself. I said a, a short body of work. I've, I think I've seen enough. Absolutely. Sign him, cross him off the list, focus on cornerback, focus on running back, focus maybe on linebacker. I honestly, focus on everywhere. You know, if we're, uh, we're going to go a little deeper and, and, and dig down for another positive, I thought Spriggs handled himself yeah. pretty, effect, pretty effectively. And, and, and you and I have had this conversation of we didn't think guard was a position that he would really be in the mix for or consider, not given he, he went in out of necessity, but I personally, I, I thought he was a, a little too too long of an athlete to play inside, but man, he, he looked good. He, he certainly looked better than, than Donnie Barclay. That's right. That's a, that's a great point. I don't know if I, I'm sure he played guard in training camp, so I, I just can't remember it. You know, he played a lot, you, yeah, you know, he was bounced between left and right tackle all the time. I don't remember him in pra- I know I'm sure he didn't play in the games, but no. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of practice. I don't I don't know if I'm maybe a snap here or there, but yeah, he was. Yeah, Barclay was uh Barclay was Barclay, you know. And God bless Don Barclay, he does the best he can. And I know I know people people don't like him, but you know, he's, the guys, it's not his fault. A lot of these times, I, I well, thought you know what he's a he's a a scrappy guy who's playing at the the top end of his ability. Yep. He was he was not any type of blue chip prospect or. Or you know, I draft pick or or a draft pick at all. So he came in and you know did an admirable admirable job of kind of starting. He had that knee injury. The guy that was you know just on the on the right side of the fringe for being on an NFL team had a serious knee injury, and now he's kind of you know he's kind of in that point where he's just hanging on. So you know, fans can get down on him, but you know this his his limitations are you know, athletic and not through lack of effort, in, in my opinion. But, you know, that said, Briggs came in and, and looked like a guy with the pedigree of a, of a high draft pick and, and looked like a guy that has future starting potential, which with the free agents they have on the line, I think that was an important thing to see. Let's go to the offense here for a bit. At the end of the day, the numbers look good and, and they moved the ball and they scored some points, but, man... You know, on Twitter, it's all about the defense. So I'm looking at my timeline today, but he scored 24 points. I'm sorry, that's just not good enough either. I realize the defense is the biggest problem, but I mean, I don't think you can ignore the offense either. This is just, it's a, it's a total team-wide failure. And for all the talk about, you got to start fast, you got to start fast. I mean, three straight three and outs. Good Lord. Well, right. Again, they, they, we've talked about that they need to start with a sense of urgency. They need to, from that first drive, play the way they do when they're down by a couple scores, and they they kind of get into that desperation mode, and you know they start throwing a little quicker. And again, we don't see that. And 24 points is is 
nice, but and the stats look nice, but to your point, let's not kid ourselves either. There's work to be done. They were still struggling to run. I I was hoping maybe uh, Kristen Michael would have been active just to see what he could do in some spots. Again, they still struggle there, but they need to get that running game going. Maybe with with Michael and with Perks and they get it going, but, but again, is it too late? But I don't think anybody should be too ecstatic about 24 points, and when you talk about all phases of the game, special teams, and I, I oh, understand the end, but we miss a field goal, and, and here's here's another play, Bill. What was going on on that kickoff? The wind clearly knocked down that kickoff. Janice kind of stares at it, and then all of a sudden there's a, there's a mad scramble for the ball down at the one-yard line. It's just You know, Clea, I, I, I think Janice saw the ball. Was, he wasn't going to catch the ball, so he figured, well, the ball's going to hit him going to the end zone, which maybe not a bad assumption, but the ball, the ball bounced backward like, you know, like, like, uh, like Dustin Johnson's pitching wedge. It was, it was a yeah. quick thing. But it wasn't that play. I mean, there was a couple of kicks, too, where the ball was kicked in the air, and Janice and Montgomery were right next to each other. Call them, someone call for the ball so you catch it and the other guy blocks. Good God! It was just, yeah, it was just a comedy of errors. Once again, as it has been the previous four weeks, where it's not one thing, and I think that's what's troubling everybody. It's not well, it's just that thing. Well, no, there's there's a bunch of things, and you can prioritize them. And I would put the secondary at the top of the list. But there's so many different things that need to happen, and I don't see this team doing anything different than what we've seen until guys come back from injuries. And let's, let's not forget the guy we're talking about coming back, Demarius Randall, was hardly lighting things up before he went out. Right. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a drastic improvement, I think. And he was still a guy that I felt pretty good about at the end of last year. And despite some missteps, saw some potential for bigger things. And I don't know that I feel that I'm seeing potential out of the guys that are on the field now. So Randall, Randall will be a welcome addition back to the lineup and get Pick starting to play better and see what Michael has. And again, you're going to have to outscore people. Speaking about scoring people, what do you do in offense? Are you going to – do you turn the ball over to Aaron Rodgers and say, screw it, throw the ball 60 times a game, and we're going to swing or swim with our best guy? Or do you you know, try to get Michael and Starks in there to give you the – you know, the, uh, that balance that you're looking for. What, what, what would you do, Coach Keith? I still think you need some balance because they don't have a... And I guess Cooks is the closest thing they've had to any type of deep threat. But we talked about this last week, Bill. You have to be able to at least have a semblance of a running threat to make your play action work. When you can't run, and you can't run the play action, and you can't get deep, it's really limiting and it's really predictable and I think it's easy for teams to, to drop back and just play all the underneath routes and again make it difficult for Aaron Rodgers who for whatever reason cannot consistently 
drop back and be, you know, one, two, three, boom, and get the ball out of his hands like he used to. So I think you have to continue to run the ball and more than they're doing. I, I, I don't think you can just say, we're going to throw 60 times a day. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I, I get torn this because, I mean, it is, if, if he is your best player, should you just let him try to win the game for it because it's not working as it is? But you're right. You know, you, you got to run the ball, I think, to, to help the defense out, too. You, so you, you help the defense out and try to get some big plays through play action. All that stuff. So you're, you're probably right. I mean, my, my first thing to, instinct is to say, let, let Rodgers let it rip, but you're probably right. I mean, I mean again, you, you, just, you just picked up uh, Michael. You probably should see what you're going to get there, too. Yeah, and my, my concern is, you know, too many three and outs puts the defense back on the yep. field. And if anything, you want the defense on the field less based on what we've seen. And I think, too, when you're throwing all the time, even when you're getting those drives where they're maybe kind of, you know, dinking and ducking and moving their way down the field, all you need is one holding penalty to screw up the whole drive. And it, I think based on what we've seen, too, it's, it's unrealistic to think they're not going to pick up those holding penalties. Yeah, what a mess. God almighty. Keith, I, I, I can't believe we're on Thanksgiving. We're talking that the season's over. It's just, it's mind-boggling. It's been a long, we got to back to, you know, for 2008 is the last time that we had a season that was a, it was a lost cause. And, you know, at least back then, let's let's see what this young Aaron Rodgers kid can do. So there was at least something to to look forward to. And But, so, well, I, I mean, you, when, when's the last time, this, this is, you got to go back to about 2000. Six, right when they're they're four and eight, and I mean they salvaged the end of the year, but you almost have to go back to, the, to that year, don't you? Where the the season was a lost cause at this point of the season. I, oh, I, I think so, and you know, but again, though, like I think you go back. They've only had. Let's. I'm, I'm going to assume that they finish sub five hundred this year. And I don't Good want assumption. To, <laughs> I don't want to ruin everybody's Thanksgiving, but I'm just going to go based on what I've seen and nothing else, and I'm going to say that. You know, they probably finished seven and nine at best because I just, I, again, unless Michael and, and, and Derek Cook really help things turn around and Randall coming back, but if they finished sub 500, it would only be the third time in the last 25 years that happened. So, I mean, you know, nobody, nobody should be turning in their tickets and, you know, the people running the, you know, fire Mike McCarthy Facebook and, and Twitter accounts. People might just have to come to grips with here was a season where there were a ton of injuries at key positions where they were losing their top three guys at cornerback, losing their top three guys at running back, getting a, a Jordy Nelson back that he's not the guy that he was two years ago. People might just have to come to grips with, you know what? We had we had an anomaly of a season. We couldn't overcome the injuries like we have with other years. This is not 2010. It's not the Super Bowl year. And let's let's come back next year and let's be a little healthier. And let's have guys mature a little bit. Let's draft. Let's add a, God forbid, another free agent. And let's see where we at. Where we're at, and it's possible they're back to being in the conversation as one of the best teams in the NFC. But the, the Packers aren't a, a knee-jerk reaction organization, so I don't think people are going to see the sweeping changes they talk about. But and, and I don't want to discount the, the many problems that they've had this year, but this might be a year that you, unfortunately, just have to write off and come back next year and see where you're at. I, I just I, I don't see things turning around, and I'm, 
not sure that you can point to one person or a coach or, you know, whoever and say this is your fault. No, I'm with you. Um, I, 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 I pin this on, on Tom's. I, I, people... People can't stand Mike McCarthy. Let's just be honest. <laughs> you, you've got you've got friends. You talk. You it, they can't stand him. I, but it, I, I I can't bl- I can't pin this on him though. No, I, nor can I. Nor can I. You know, I it's it's not. You you can't play defense without corners, and you can't play offense without running backs. Yes. Breaking news. I it, you know is, <laughs> is Mike McCarthy to blame for this? Maybe he is, but. I, I I find it hard to believe that that Bill Belichick could have saved this team. If you got if you if you have no corners, you got no chance. And if you if you can't, you can't turn, you know, you can't turn chicken, you know, you know what into, into chicken salad. And I mean, if you if you really you know if you really want to put the blame on somebody, I think you laid at the feet of Ted Thompson for overestimating the talent on his roster. For giving McCarthy once again one of the youngest rosters in the league, like he does every year, not being aggressive enough in free agency, not maybe taking more risks, and perhaps McCarthy's done the best job he can. And you know, I know everybody was put off with his, you know, McCarthy's. You know, I'm a highly successful coach. Hey, he is a highly successful coach. I think he's a really annoyed coach, and I think it's fair for him to to remind people that hey, I've done this before. Sometimes you win, and sometimes you have a season where you struggle, and that's where you're really challenged and put to the test. Maybe maybe McCarthy's having one of his better coaching seasons. Maybe another coach would only have two wins right now. <laughs> Who knows? But there is there is not a lot to work with there. And I mean, even Chris Collinsworth said it last night on the air. I mean, you could, here's a guy that watches you know a bunch of different teams. That's a former player. He he basically said. These corners are, you know, you're getting killed with with the lack of quarterback depth, and there's really not much you can do about it. And people don't want to hear that. People want to hold someone responsible, but injuries happen, and when you get too many, this is what you get. Yep. Hashtag fire capers, and that's been on Twitter for years now. And but again, I what what the hell is he supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, if you if you are a Cleveland fan or a, a Lions fan or a Rams fan, this is this type of season is a reality for most seasons. Packer fans need to remind themselves this is the exception. And I know everybody feels like, hey, it's title town, it's not playoff town. So if you if you don't win a Super Bowl, the season's a failure. You know, I I think there's something to to you know I don't I don't want to get sappy here, Bill, but there's something to be said for the journey, and there's something to be said for being in the mix and the excitement that comes from that, and the the stunning losses, and the unexpected wins, and I don't know. There's still really good players on this team. They need more. The depth isn't what they thought it was, but you might just have to write this one off. Is is too many injuries that were beyond anyone's control. You know, I came up with a glass half full, uh, a positive for this before the podcast of, hey, at least you don't plan Thanksgiving. Well, I got another one inspired by you. Hey, we're not Cleveland. <laughs> it could be worse. We could be the Browns. Packer <laughs> fans should get up in the morning, stretch, you know, go in the bathroom, throw a little water on their face, rub their eyes, look themselves in the mirror and say, I'm not a Cleveland Browns fan. And they should feel better about that. That should just... That should be their their north star for the day. Whatever whatever is going wrong, it's 
it, you're not a Cleveland fan, and, and next year it's probably going to be okay. I hope so because my, my email, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of my email. So, Keith, you got work to do, and happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks for joining the podcast, and we'll, uh, we'll talk at some point on Monday or Tuesday about the latest Packers' great game against the Eagles. <laughs> I, I hope that's what we're talking about, Bill. Happy Thanksgiving to you and uh, all our podcast listeners. That's right. Enjoy some turkey, everybody, because I've had enough of these turkeys. <laughs> See you, <ya>, Keith. <laughs> I'm with you. Take care, Bill. All righty. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.